Welcome back to Sports Cuts with D. Crom, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, David Cromelo, and the saying that there is no offseason in the NFL was proven once again this week. Just days after Super Bowl 52, Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels shockingly backed away from an agreement to become the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That agreement had been in place for weeks. Still, the Colts and general manager Chris Ballard did not panic and immediately resumed their search. And that search came to a swift end today as they reached an agreement with now former Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich on a five-year deal to become their new head coach, as was first reported by Mike Garofolo of NFL Network. Some of you know Reich mostly as the engineer of the largest comeback in NFL playoff history when he was Jim Kelly's backup in Buffalo. But last week, he helped engineer one of the best offensive game plans in Super Bowl history, which helped the Eagles to their first ever Super Bowl championship. And joining us now to break down this hire and the challenges facing the Colts over the next few months is our good friend Jake Arthur, who covers the Colts for StampedeBlue.com. Great to have you back, Jake. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me back, bud. You're very welcome, Jake. It's always a pleasure having you on the show to talk some football. And uh, without further ado, let's talk some Colts here. Uh, how did this hiring of Frank go down, and why do you think it was done so quickly? Uh, well, the, the time frame of it, first of all, is, you know, everyone else is pretty much picked through and gone, and the Colts were the last ones to even have a vacancy to fill. Um, but I, I think, you know, Chris Ballard, he says he always has a list of guys he's looking at. And assuming uh, that Leslie Frazier, Frank Reich, and Dan Campbell were on that list, um, he's probably already done a little bit of intel on him. And uh, word is that Ballard and Reich had a 10-hour interview on, uh, I think it was Friday. Um, So, I mean, you spend 10 hours with a guy interviewing him to see what he's going to be like as your head coach, you probably have a pretty good idea of if you want him or not after that. You most certainly do. And when I immediately looked at that list with Frank Reich, Dan Campbell, who was the interim head coach in Miami in 2015 after Joe Philbin got canned and is now uh, the assistant head coach in New Orleans, plus Leslie Frazier, currently the Bills defensive coordinator. In my opinion, Reich was the only guy that made sense. And I, personally happy for you and all other Colts fans that Reich is indeed the guy. What kind of coach are the Colts getting in Frank Reich? And above all, why should Andrew Luck be happy with this hire? Uh, well, we're, we're still all kind of trying to figure that out as well. But uh, from everything we're hearing, this is a really good hire. Uh, he's, Frank Reich's a really good offensive mind. He's, you know, he's a football lifer so far. Like you said earlier, he engineered the biggest comeback in NFL playoff history. Uh, but he also engineered the biggest comeback in uh, NCAA major college football history uh, back at Maryland. So the guy's clutch. Um, I've heard he's he's also done some motivational speaking and, uh, you know, has has done some uh, pastoral work, you know, as a as a preacher a little bit. Um, so he's a guy who knows how to command your attention, command a room Um we're not sure exactly what all his role was with Philadelphia last year. Obviously, whatever it was, it, it worked well. They won the Super Bowl. Uh, he wasn't a play caller there. Uh, but from what I've heard, he did call plays uh, with the San Diego Chargers in 2014 and 15. Uh, so he's got experience there. Uh, the word also is that Daryl Bevel is probably going to be coming in to be the offensive coordinator uh, so I'd imagine he will be calling plays anyways. Um, so, yeah, as as far as I can tell, 
He's got all the character that Chuck Pagano had, uh, but he's going to actually hopefully be able to, you know, grab the room and actually develop players and not just want to be buddy buddy with them. And, you know, doesn't want to hurt their feelings. We're, we're hoping for some accountability in the locker room for once. Yes. And above all, uh, why should Andrew Luck like this hire? I will first, it's, uh, it's the first head coach. He, I mean, obviously Pagano, but it's the first head coach he's had. That was an offensive mind. I mean, Bruce Arians filled in for Chuck Pagano when Luck was a rookie in 2012. Uh, but that was never the plan for Arians to be the head coach. It just kind of happened that way with Pagano getting sick. But um, I mean, obviously, uh, Reich did really well with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, uh, Foles especially on short notice last year, you know, uh, just a few weeks before the playoffs and then, you know, undefeated in, in through the playoffs and into the Super Bowl. So Reich knows what he's doing. Uh, he's got the stamp of approval from Peyton Manning. So there's there's not a whole lot more you can be asking for there. Um, I I can't think of any reasons why Luck wouldn't enjoy this hire. Uh, neither can I. And speaking of Andrew Luck, the health of Andrew Luck will obviously be the elephant in the room for the Colts, no matter what happens over these next uh, couple months here. And at his press conference earlier this week, in uh, reaction to Josh McDaniel's uh, stunning decision to opt out, uh, Chris Ballard said that Andrew Luck still has not thrown since undergoing shoulder surgery last year. If you had to make a guess, especially considering since the Colts have been very vague on his recovery timetable, should Colts fans expect to see Andrew Luck practicing in either OTAs or training camp? Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put anything on OTAs. I, I don't. I don't think that's. Uh... Maybe not realistic, but I I think you would have to have cautious optimism to hope for that. I would much rather shoot for training camp. Um, even in OTAs, I'm not going to say he won't practice, but it probably won't be any of, you know, officially running seven on sevens and 11 on 11s, things like that. Um, I would like to see him out there on training uh, during training camp. Um, I'm sure as long as he starts to actually throw a football soon, that he could definitely make it in by training camp, but we don't, we really don't know anything about his arms health right now. Um, you know, he's going to give you all the cookie cutter answers. Like, you know, I feel great getting better all the time, yada, yada, yada. It's not until something goes wrong that you might get a little bit of truth from him. I'm not saying he's a liar, but he just knows, you know, to play his cards close to the vest. Um, Chris Ballard's much more of a straight shooter. He's not misleading. He, he tells you what he knows within reason. And, you know, everything he has said is that everything's looking good. It's it, it's just aggravating because it takes so much time and it makes people antsy. It, Andrew just must be a slow healer, at least with this injury. And it, it just kind of is what it is. We don't know any new information until it comes out. That we don't, and given the fact that the Colts have been pretty tight-lipped about this whole thing, that's created some speculation among uh, some local people in the Indianapolis media, some in the national media, that Andrew Luck might not play football again. But if Andrew Luck does indeed have more football left in the take, as the Colts believe he does, how will he have to change his game going forward? I don't know that he will change his game, to be honest. Um, I think schematically things can change. But I, I think when you watch someone like Andrew Luck, he's always going to play how 
you know, it's in his DNA to play like a gunslinger and to not have, to have a never say die attitude. That's just how he is. And that part won't change. Uh, but the coaching can change. They can work in uh, quicker throws. They, they can, you know, draw up route concepts to get guys open quicker. The the co- the Colts coaching has really been poorly done under Andrew Luck. And I, I think if someone can come in with some common sense and realize what the Colts offensive line is and, you know, how much precious cargo Andrew Luck will be going forward, that things will be done to make sure he's not as abused as he has been in the past. That definitely should be in the cards uh, for the Colts. And we are less than a month away until the start of NFL free agency, which officially begins at 4 p.m. Eastern time on March 14th. But the real beginning is a couple days before that, which is March 12th, which is when teams can contact the agents of impending free agents to work out deals. And deals can be agreed to in principle during that time period and be made official once the new league year officially uh, begins. And the Colts uh, have about uh, 70 to $80 million in salary cap room, so they could be very, very active uh, come free agency. And which soon-to-be free agents would you expect the Colts to target? Uh, well, so far, kind of target number one is Andrew Norwell from the Panthers, uh, one of the better guards in the entire league. And this isn't a great offensive line market this year, as is. Uh, unless some guys start getting dropped for salary cap purposes. But as it stands right now, it's not a great group. Um, So you kind of have to pick your spots. And Norwell would be a great place uh, to go. Um, You could see some lower-end guys like maybe James Hurst, I I believe it is, from Baltimore. Uh, A lot of people want someone like Nate Solder from New England. And that that was much louder when Josh McDaniels was in the picture. But I'm... Not really looking for a new left tackle for them. Um, I think they're, I, I do expect they're going to have to get a couple offensive linemen in free agency, but I would also expect to probably see one or two in the draft. Uh, and then as far as some other free agents, um, they're going to need to look at wide receiver because uh, T.Y. Hilton and Chester Rogers are the only wide receivers under contract in 2018 that have any sort of notoriety to them. Uh, so, I'm not usually a big splash name guy, but someone like Allen Robinson really gets my attention. Um, I think the Colts would really be wise to look for someone like that. I think it fits what Chris Ballard wants in wide receivers because he's always looking for size and athletic ability. Um, if you consider him as kind of the Alshon Jeffrey, then you know Frank Wright could be interested in that. Uh, but the the big thing is. With the Colts' new defense, they're going to be moving to a, a back to a 4-3 like they did in the Peyton era. Uh, I, I've heard quite a bit that there's going to be a big overhaul with linebackers and that they're going to throw in a bunch of new cornerbacks. Um, so with cornerbacks, I, there's a slot I really liked. Aaron Colvin from Jacksonville. Really liked him coming out of the draft as well. And then uh, you, you could look at someone like Bashad Breland. It uh, looks like Kyle Fuller in Chicago is probably going to get franchise tagged, so that's probably off the table. Uh, and then one of the linebackers, uh, Anthony Hitchens from Dallas. Uh, that's a really popular name here now, and I'm I'm kind of hearing that's a foregone conclusion that he's going to come here because uh, Matt Eberflus was his coach in Dallas and his linebackers coach in Dallas, and that's actually now the Colts' defensive coordinator. 
so Eberflus is probably going to bring Hitchens here. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, a lot of people want DeMarcus Ware, or not Ware, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence from Dallas. It makes sense because the Colts need pass rush help, but premium pass rushers don't hit the open market. I'd imagine the Cowboys are going to do everything they can to keep him. Um, and then there's, uh, let's see, Todd Davis, I think it is, from uh, from Denver. Yes. That's another name. Uh, yeah, that's another name I'd be interested to look at. Yes, and you brought up Matt Eberflus. Uh, Eberflus was originally brought to Indianapolis by Josh McDaniels as he was putting together his uh, potential staff uh, for the Colts until he um, reneged on the agreement. Uh, aside from Eberflus, uh, how many of McDaniels' hires are going to stay in Indy under Reich? Uh, well, as far as the guys they're already looking at, uh, Chris Ballard has said they are going to hold on to those guys and they're not going to abandon them. Um, and while they were being brought on to work on McDaniel's staff, uh, some of those guys were just as much of Chris Ballard hires as they were McDaniel's guys. Uh, Ballard said in his presser the other day that he met Eberflus a couple years ago and was just enamored by him. Uh, so that makes sense that he would want to bring him here. And then I also believe Mike Fair, the uh, new defensive line coach who they, they peeled away from the University of Illinois. I believe Ballard knows him as well. Uh, so they're just kind of they're going to have to fill some things out now. Um, I even heard uh, Don Beebe might be the, the choice for wide receivers coach. Um, Frank Reich's uh, wide receiver out in Buffalo. That would make sense, given the fact that Frank Reich and Don Beebe played together in Buffalo, as you mentioned. And now let's uh, talk about the draft. I was uh, at the Reese Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, and one of the big um, buzz items that I took away from that week was that the Colts, currently the owners of the third overall pick of the draft, are among the most likely candidates to trade down. How far can you see them trading down, especially in the event the Jets and Broncos get the quarterback they covet in free agency? Uh, okay, so some of the prime candidates for them to trade with, uh, Denver, New York, um, Arizona would be another one, and Buffalo. I don't see them going down all the way into the 20s with Buffalo. I think Denver or the Jets would be perfect because it's only moving a few slots, meaning the Colts could still get one of the you know elite-level guys they're already looking at because the Colts are the only team in the top six that – aren't going to be looking at a quarterback, uh, knock on wood, you know, pending Andrew Luck's health. Um, so that's what makes them, you know, such a likely candidate to move down. So, you know, they could maybe move to like five or six and still get Bradley Chubb or Quentin Nelson, Roquan Smith, one of those guys. Um, I think the farthest, you know, of those candidates would probably be Arizona, who I think picks 15th or right around there. I can't imagine them going down too much more, or if they do, it's going to take a huge amount of draft picks in order to convince Ballard to move down that that low. I completely, completely agree, and he is Jake Arthur. He covers the Colts for StampedeBlue.com. You can follow him on Twitter at JakeArthurNFL. And Jake, thank you so much for joining the program once again, but we have one more question before we let you go here. Absolutely. Uh, and... Uh, you mentioned a couple of these names that I just want to add to the list. 
Should the Colts either stay put at three or trade down two to four spots, as uh, you alluded to, which of these prospects is the most likely to be a Colt in your view? I believe there's five great options for the Colts in this uh, area of the draft. Saquon Barkley, running back for Penn State. Quentin Nelson, guard from Notre Dame. Roquan Smith, linebacker from Georgia. Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker from Virginia Tech. Or Bradley Chubb, who you also mentioned, defensive at North Carolina State. Which of those five players is the most likely to be a Colt, in your opinion? I would say Bradley Chubb, uh, especially considering the new defensive scheme. Uh, it's going to be very predicated on only sending four guys, you know, just your four down linemen going after the quarterback. It's going to put a lot of pressure on the defensive ends to succeed. And so the, the Colts are really going to need – they already needed pass rush help. And uh, the only way for you to get premium pass rushers is to trade for them, which doesn't really happen, free agency, which never happens, or the draft. And the Colts are never up this high picking in the draft. So I think they really need to take advantage of this because you also can't bank on – turning up a pass rushing gym in like the fourth round, you know? So I think they need to go with Bradley Chubb for sure. If for whatever reason they trade back and he's not there, Quentin Nelson would be my guy though. They, they need stability up front. And, you know, he, he's one of the best, he's arguably the best safest player I've watched so far. Uh, so Bradley Chubb, if he's gone, Quentin Nelson. Yes, and uh, speaking of Quint Nelson, even if the Colts uh, do get Andrew Norwell in free agency, don't you think it would be crazy if the Colts still don't highly consider Quint Nelson to do to double down at the guard position and give Andrew Luck that protection he desperately needs, especially against these interior monsters that are in the league and will continue to come into the league in the years ahead? Oh, they definitely should, because even if they sign Andrew Norwell, that's only one of the two starting guards. Um, Jack Muhor is pretty good when he's healthy, but the problem is you can't count on him being healthy. And, you know, in the NFL, there's jobs on the line with, with coaches and, and GMs. You can't wait around for guys to be healthy. So, you know, sign Andrew Norwell in free agency, and then if you draft Quentin Nelson, you put them both on either side of Ryan Kelly at center, and that is a ridiculous interior offensive line right there. And we saw what elite interior offensive line play could do in the Super Bowl with the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, the interior offensive line is a subject I definitely look forward to discussing even more so as we head up closer to the draft. And Jake Arthur, once again, thank you very much for joining us. We hope to have you back on the program very, very soon. Yep, anytime, buddy. I appreciate it. We appreciate you as well, Jake, and that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. We will be off this week, but next week we will begin our annual Dash to the Draft series with a preview of the 2018 NFL Scouting Combine, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive, including all the interviews I conducted at the Senior Bowl, as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. And if you enjoy these podcast episodes, please consider leaving us an iTunes review and donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash sportscrunch so we can improve our iTunes ranking and afford to produce even more shows with awesome guests like Jake, especially since there's no off-season for talking football. For Jake Arthur, our producer Chris Broadhead, I'm David Cromelo saying so long and, of course, stay awesome. 